Welcome to life on earth. Welcome to life on earth. Welcome to life on earth. Yes, indeed. Welcome to life on earth, and thank you. Indeed, welcome to life oh. on earth, and thank you. Indeed, welcome to life on earth. I love that. Oh, YouTube, you're so inconsistent. Not muted when it's supposed to be. Welcome to life on earth. Thank you for coming. I deeply appreciate it. I am grateful. Yes, and I have a project for you. Yes, really, it really is a project. And yes, it really is for you. It ain't for me. It's all good. And it's all for you. An early Christmas present, if you like, in honor of November. See, like dudes are celebrating this month with Movember, you know. And if that's your bag, you know, do that too. See, since it requires not shaving above your lip, you know, growing out a mustache, I'm, I'm out. I've grown out my stash. You can find videos of the early five minutes with Robert Nacer show, early days of COVID, growing out the mustache. When I grow out my mustache, I look like I should be standing on a street corner holding a cardboard sign and asking for money. I look like a derelict. But my project for you is much more productive than that. See, November in the United States is all about Thanksgiving. Now, I know Thanksgiving in Canada was last month, and it varies throughout the world, but the month before Christmas, you know, that annual celebration of sheer benevolence and goodwill between men and women, this is singularly well-suited for capitalizing on our capacity for thankfulness and a related concept, graciousness. Last time I talked about this, I looked up graciousness. Grace, for a previous episode, graciousness is characterized by words and actions showing kindness and courtesy. Also, charm, good taste, generosity of spirit, and the tasteful leisure of wealth and good breeding. The tasteful leisure or leisure of wealth and good breeding. Now, that was interesting to look that up because wealth came up in our previous discussion of benevolence as well. You know, could it be, hmm, could it be that success, material success, makes it easier, more compelling, more enjoyable to be kind and generous and charming and gracious for your own sake? Could it be that there's a, a virtue in selfishness? Hmm. A unity of self-interest and the boundless, unlimited abundance of values out in the world. Most particularly the value of other people in trade with other people in teamwork, division of labor, celebration of sport and art and music and drama and romance. Lest anyone think that gratitude is superfluous, I invite you to tell in the chat, what other word or idea do you think captures it? There's a lot of related concepts. The closest synonym I could find was thankfulness. See, gratitude is unique and it's an important idea. It's not synonymous with justice. It is an instance of justice. It's not trade though trade is often a crucial part of it. It's not 
benevolence or kindness or manners, though they're all related. So I'd like to contrast gratitude with a word that I found somewhat recently. But first, I'm going to take a quick look at the chat because I see Kindred Amy is in there. Trippy man. Oh, yeah, that early echo. Mm. Technology is complicated. I got to give a big shout out to Equal to Reality, who is in not just in the chat, in the super chat for two pounds, pounds being worth more than dollars still these days. I appreciate that. I am grateful. I experience thankfulness at that outstanding super chat. Thank you for that. He says, happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Very much appreciated. Coming up in the States, we're going to have a Great Lakes Objectivist Thanksgiving two Saturdays from today. So one Saturday from this Saturday, that's going to be good. Anybody else super chats in the chats? <laughs> Sorry, Apollo Zeus says good breeding. I should have figured he would bend to that idea that way. Anybody else comments in the super chat with money, that money supports the Ayn Rand Center UK. Goes right, but it also hits me right in the fields. So bring on those super chats. Very much appreciated. I said I wanted to contrast gratitude. I'm going to contrast gratitude with a word, again, that I found fairly recently, and that word is Welshmers. Welshmers is a German word, one of those compound words, because all German words are actually 12 words combined together. But Welshmers just means world pain. This is often translated a little less, you know, metaphysically malevolently as world weariness. Your Wikipedia says it denotes the kind of feeling experienced by someone who believes that physical reality can never satisfy the demands of the mind. In its original meaning in the Deutsches Wunderbuch by Brothers Grimm, did you know the Brothers Grimm actually started the original big, the one big German dictionary. They didn't actually complete it in their lifetime, but like, you know, Webster created the first great American dictionary. So the original meaning in the Deutsches Wunderbuch by Brothers Grimm, it denotes a deep sadness about the insufficiency of the word. It's kind of a cross between original sin and ennui with a heaping helping of sadness and a little angst and anger thrown in. Velschmeres. In one definition, it is, quote, a deep sadness about the inadequacy or imperfection of the word. Think, think edgy existentialism. I have some experience with existentialism and angst and ennui. I had that feeling when I was a teenager. Some of you may have gone through this too. When I left religion, and, you know, the fear of eternal fire and all the other charming things that were taught by the Lutheran church, you know, everything a growing boy needs. But what's striking and more obvious in 2022 than it would have been in 1827 is how strikingly adequate the world is. You know, so far from being inadequate, the earth is a massive ball of resources. You know, Malthus and Ehrlich were wrong. Resources are not limited. We live on a massive 4,000 mile deep, effectively unlimited cornucopia of resources. And we have 
barely scratched the surface. To which I say, scratch the surface. Now, I did try to look up antonyms, opposites for Velschmer's, and Merriam-Webster offered admiration, amazement, astonishment, awe, wonder, wonderment. All good. But I am still going to go with gratitude. Now, let me for a minute, because I talked recently about toxic positivity, I'm going to throw in a quick caveat here before I go any further. There is a very mixed idea. And this is a quote that I like. I'm, I am nonetheless very fond of this. Credited to everybody from Abraham Lincoln, Lincoln to Winston Churchill, you know, quotes on the internet. Uh, we've discussed this before, and you've probably seen the quote if you're one of those folks who follows aphorisms the way that I do. The quote is this, everybody is just about as happy as they've made up their mind to be. Or sometimes it's everybody's just about as happy as they've decided to be. Now, a friend pointed out on the social networks recently that that can be an extremely hurtful thing to tell somebody who is depressed. And I mean, you know, in a state of psychological depression, telling somebody well, you're about as happy as you've decided to be. <laughs> That's toxic positivity if I've ever heard it. You know, someone is going through something, a real psychological challenge, or, or if it's just not their fault that they're sad, they're going through something difficult, even traumatizing. This idea that you can just decide to be happy, well, that takes a lot of things for granted. And I don't ever want to lose sight of the fact that the inverse of ownership I always advocate extreme ownership, but the inverse of ownership, the opposite, should never be taken as a cause for guilt. Because there are many, many reasons why people are going through the challenges that they are. If not completely, at least in the moment, they are often beyond their control. So even if you feel like you're in control of your conceptual mechanism, you've got a rational faculty, you also have this emotional mechanism that you're not necessarily controlling. And it goes far beyond just your conceptual faculty and your emotional faculty, which is often a big surprise to objectivists. Because consciousness contains more than those two things. For just one obvious example, we have imagination and other forms of visualization that are not conceptual. They are not subconscious. They are not emotional. Psychology is complicated. And you shouldn't feel guilty for not being able to change your mood at a moment's notice. Now, in fact, you shouldn't expect to be able to change your mood in a moment's notice because emotions are the result of prior thinking and its impact on the other contents of your subconscious and other parts of your consciousness. But in any event, the kinds of insights and advice that I would offer will still be useful to those of you who are going through stuff. Won't necessarily make you super happy, but the point is that needs to be acknowledged up front. So what, what are these happy insights that I'm talking about? See, it is November. We survived the Halloween season, which if you go all out the way we did around here is saying something. And November is or should be 
Thanksgiving. It should be all about gratitude. And gratitude, unlike Velschmerz, is a state of mind which flows from focusing not on the disappointments or shortcomings all over the world, but upon its values, opportunities, abundance, experiences, and especially focusing on the man-made, which is a limitless bounty of goods and services and inventions and innovations and art and beauty, which surrounds us every day without end. I've said it before, and I will say it again. We are surrounded by miracles, not least of which is ourselves. And by miracles, I always mean the products of a division of labor society, opportunities and goods and services and artworks and technologies and 4.7 gazillion other things which could not have been created by ourselves on a deserted island, but which nonetheless we get to produce the value equivalent of and trade with all of these other people, all of these things. And all of this stuff is offered to us all the time, constantly. You know, the internet makes that obvious, but this has been true for as long as I've been alive. It is constantly offered to us for the price of our own labor, traded with us readily, willingly, eagerly. Think of salespeople. <laughs> we are surrounded by miracles, not least of which is ourselves. Miracles, abundance. And I encourage you, I encourage everyone to take advantage of that fact. to take advantage of that abundance greedily, enthusiastically, and never, ever take it for granted. Hey, I know as objectivists, we are cursed with knowledge, with awareness, with being able to understand so many things on a philosophical and moral and political level that we know maybe more than anybody else, everything that's really wrong with the world. We know what hatred for values, hatred for virtue, hatred for the good, for being the good, lies behind the actions of our politicians and the rabble you know, for example, these latest environmentalists, the so-called Just Stop Oil movement with their obscene art desecrating food fights, crazy gluing their body parts to walls and streets, their fire extinguishers full of paint doing damage to business properties, which they couldn't in a million years have built or created themselves. That awareness is what philosophy can do for you. It can actually give you ways to think about things, to understand and evaluate and to be outraged. But ignorance is not bliss. And so knowledge must also be power. If anything is bliss, it must be knowledge. 
Because if you can use philosophy to see everything that's wrong in the world, everything that's evil and low and foolish and contemptible and destructive, it stands to reason. I'm a big fan of reason. I suspect you are too. It stands to reason that you can and should also use it to recognize every value, to appreciate every virtue you encounter, to praise every creation, to capitalize on every opportunity to hear and see and enjoy every artwork, every film, every athletic achievement, every value on earth. If you don't apply philosophy wisely, properly, selfishly, if you decide that every boulder is yours to carry, well, you know, you know what results you'll get because you've seen that over and over and over again. You've seen that in friends who are constantly engaged with what's wrong in the world. You've seen that with colleagues. You've seen that in academia. You've seen it in the professions. And in some cases, you've seen it even within philosophic movements. People who regard, for example, people who regard objectivism not as a tool, but as a weapon. So here's a project for you. Acknowledge, appreciate, and praise the good. Easy, obvious, right? And yet, how many of us think, well, I don't need to praise good work. How many of us have had managers? How many of us have been managers whose attitude was, well, I don't need to praise anybody for just doing their job. That, that, that's their job. I mean, for just doing their job, their, their paycheck is praise enough. You know, if they're not doing outstanding work, if their work is not standing out, well, then they're not deserving of recognition. Hell, if I praise what is simply good, that's all I'll get. You know, that's reinforcing mediocrity. How many of us adopt this attitude in regard to our peers in business with our vendors or our clients, our trading partners? How many of us do this in regard to clerks, waitstaff, bartenders, baristas? And what about friends and family and even the people we love the most? You know, last month I quoted Leonard Peikoff from episode eight of his original philosophy of objectivism lectures, 1976. And here's the quote again, quoting Leonard Peikoff, because I'm always give a big shout out to authority. But seriously, think about this. Leonard Peikoff, I want to underscore that a very crucial aspect of justice pertains to the issue of justice to the good, the virtuous. Conventionally, people often think that justice consists only of punishing or condemning the evil. 
while remaining neutral or indifferent toward people who are good. Now, still quoting Leonard Peikoff, now this view stems from the idea that evil is metaphysically potent and fear-inspiring, whereas the good is impractical and yawn-invoking. On the objectivist view, however, it is, if anything, more important to praise and reward the good than to condemn the evil, to speak up and to fight for men who are right and who represent rational values. Granted that evil must be fought and condemned, but then brushed aside what counts in life. And this is the issue, of course, of the potency of virtue. What counts in life is the good. The first duty of justice is to acknowledge and defend the good. Unquote. I love that he talks about the potency of virtue. We, we've talked before about the impotence of evil. But uh, the potency of virtue, that's what really matters. Now, Amy Naser and I did a whole episode on this, so I won't beat you over the head with it. Now, if you'd like to be beat over the head, or if you'd just like to celebrate justice, productivity, praise of the good for being the good, go watch the episode of Life on Earth entitled The First Duty of Justice. But I want to offer this to you if you will accept it. Your assignment for November, in honor of Thanksgiving, in honor of justice, in honor of values in your own life, your assignment is this. Take time to acknowledge and defend the good. The instructions are simple. At the end of each day, write three good things that happened that day. Whether they're things which occurred or just values you enjoyed, they don't all have to be justice related. They can be simply benevolence related, gratitude related. They didn't, and they don't have to be enormous. They don't even have to be important. For it to be of value, it merely needs to be good. You know, this is inspired by the work of Martin Seligman, the founder of positive psychology. And you don't need to know his work in detail to get the value. That should be all the instructions and motivation you need. But if you want more detail, look at the show notes, the descriptions on YouTube. It's also on my Facebook wall, facebook.com slash Robert Naser. There are additional instructions to find in an article by Gene Maroney entitled, How Identifying Three Good Things Each Day Makes Your Life Better. And it's posted, the link is in the notes, but it's at thinkingdirections.com slash three dash good dash things. And there's additional related links in the show notes, including Taltsafani's happiness team workshops, which include a similar three good things exercise. There's also a number of other exercises, you know, just in case you get addicted to the kind of happiness that flows from gratitude practices. There's plenty of it out there. Some good links in the show notes. So let me say, whether you're ready to dive into this gratitude exercise, or you're still listening, but you're hesitant to start that kind of a project. Either way, I am deeply grateful to you for watching and listening. I fully intend to grow this show. 
from the hundreds of viewers that we've got to thousands and then much more. But you are here now. You are, you are an early adopter. And for that, I am thankful. I am grateful. Please know that I do not take your time and your attention for granted. I've said before that if objectivism really is the first fully accurate and complete owner's manual for life, then it stands to reason that other things being equal, objectivists should be among the happiest, the most successful, the most gracious, the most cheerful, the most enthusiastic, the most competent, the most benevolent people on earth. So let me add this. As those who understand, as we who understand and recognize and appreciate values, those who can see the objective value in the nearly limitless goods and services and opportunities and entertainments and health and wellness resources and artistic beauty and architectural magnificence, the things that surround us all day, every day. It stands to reason that we should be among the most overwhelmingly grateful people on earth. I certainly am. If you don't usually feel that, I invite you to join me in gratitude throughout November. And if you already do feel it, excellent. Let's amp it up, you know, for the whole month. And if you like, for the whole rest of the year, for the whole rest of your life on earth. <laughs>